Welcome to a special episode of the You Thought Sports podcast. We are talking Formula One. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas. As How's you going? <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast before, then then you know that um, we're the Formula One people. Uh, so, without further ado, we have a pretty jam-packed episode reviewing the season. Obviously, we're going to start here with the last race specifically, where we had the Battle of the Titans in Abu Dhabi. I mean, we all know, if, if you're listening, you, I think you all know how the championship ended by this point. We don't need to get into the specifics. However, the last lap controversy brings up an important question, and I'm going to start with you, Lucas. Do you think that either driver was more deserving of the title between Lewis and Max? Okay, so I think it's really hard to say that one deserved it more than the other. And, you know, throughout the whole season, the commentators crossed were always like, you know, this is one of the best title fights we've ever had. They're both equally deserving. And to some extent, I think they're right. For both guys, too, there were various points where their cars were better throughout the year or they were better driving throughout the year. And I think it all just sort of evened out by the end. That being said, that's a boring answer. So I'm going to try and make an argument yeah. uh, for each as to why uh, they were more deserving of the title. So for Lewis, I think you have two things, mainly. Like, lots of factors, obviously, but two main things for Lewis. One, consistency is why he deserved it more. And second is overcoming a weaker teammate. First, Sir Lewis retired fewer times than Max, one versus two. And second, when he didn't get a podium, he mitigated his damage well, finishing P4, P5, P7 um, when he didn't get podiums. There was also the P15 at Baku, but Max was P18 there, so, you know, it doesn't really matter in that respect. Um, So, yeah, I think the consistency, the damage mitigation with fewer retirements, and then when he finished outside the podium, um, it wasn't, like, terrible finishes. Whereas Max was really boom or bust. When he didn't finish in the podium, he either retired or finished P18 or P9. So there weren't those like P4, P5, P6 finishes, but he didn't do well. It was just sort of boom or bust. It was a lot more boom than bust for Max, obviously, this year, but I think you can give Lewis the consistency edge a little bit. Second, I think you can argue that he had a more impressive individual performance this season because he overcame a weaker teammate. Um, I think... Yeah, Lewis did. And I think, you know, even though Bot has finished higher in the standings than Checo, I think Checo did more like, relative to his car's ability than Bottas really did. I think, I mean, you saw it in Abu Dhabi where Checo defended for Max for forever when Lewis was trying to pass him, whereas Bottas really, like, just capitulated, like, <laughs> any time he was put under any pressure. Yeah. Um. So I think if you're looking purely at the individual performance, I think Red Bull was probably a stronger cohesive unit this year than Mercedes was. So even though, um, you know, Bottas finished higher, he just really didn't do what he needed to as a teammate. Um, and so Lewis's individual performance was better. Whereas I think like well, Max took is... Oh, Bottas did his job and took out uh, Sergio and Lewis in one race. Or uh, yeah, Sergio and Max in one race. Okay, that's race. a good point, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's more of a joke. Equal out, equal out. But yeah. So um, anyway, so that's Lewis. For Max, I think, I mean, you can attribute it to two other things why he's more deserving. I think, one, getting more victories. I mean, that's just like a statistical truth like he had 10 victories versus eight victories but i also think red bull's race strategy was a little bit better this year than mercedes was um so i think i mean i think abu dhabi textbook example of that lewis should have absolutely come in for new tires at multiple points in the race and he didn't and by the end when you know you know everything that else that happened in that final race notwithstanding he was put at a disadvantage because they didn't suffer tires earlier when i think they absolutely should have let me defend Mercedes here a little bit, though. Um, okay. I think 
like the hardest argument to make that they should have stopped was at the very end with the safety car because if they did stop oh, yeah. and gave up track position and then it ended under a safety car, it would have been maybe an even bigger controversy. I mean, it would be a huge headache for Mercedes, right? So I don't blame yeah. them there. But the other instance is like a virtual safety car that happened mm-hmm. earlier in the race, right? Um, yeah. And I'll defend Mercedes there because – if they crashed, Max would have won. And I don't think they wanted to put Lewis and Max wheel-to-wheel any more than they had to. I think that's, that's part of the reason why they didn't pit. That's true, but I think just it comes down to their, they had a faster car on that day, and Lewis was driving better than Max on the day. Yeah. And you have to give him every any advantage you can. And I don't think, like... Like, I get wanting to avoid him and Max racing wheel-to-wheel as much as possible, but I think if they did, Lewis would have the advantage. And I don't... I don't know. Maybe Max would have tried to think about. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to Max, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I think it was just a lapse in strategy to under the virtual, the first virtual safety car did not stop for softs, or I mean, at least you know, change to whatever tire you're going to, because you just put yourself at a disadvantage in like one of a million possible scenarios where Max is able to catch up for whatever reason. So I don't know. Anyway, that being said. If it really comes down to it, I think I'm going to give it to Lewis, partially, oh, maybe wow. because I'm more of a, a Lewis fan. Um, I'll, I'll fully say that. But second, I think Lewis overcame more to get where he was. His team had a worse strategy all year, and he had a worse teammate. So I think from an individual perspective, he did more. But if you're looking at it maybe like as more of a team thing, and like who like was the best functioning like driver and team this year, it was probably Max. But like from an individual performance standpoint, I think you have to give it a little more to Lewis. Okay. What do you think? I, I, I think Max was definitely more deserving in my opinion. And I, I'm becoming a lot more of a Lewis fan uh, based on how that race ended. I'm definitely rooting uh-huh. for I mean, like, I'm not trying to be a like a, a com- completely objective podcaster. I am rooting <laughs> for certain outcomes that happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Next year, I definitely want Lewis to win. Um, but that being said, I definitely think Max was more deserving this year. I was a little annoyed at, like, Red Bull's insistence at the end that, like, they never got any breaks until the very end. Oh, yeah, end. come on. <laughs> but it is true that Lewis got more breaks than Max. So when you look through the season, like like you said, Max uh, either boom or busted. He finished first or second in every race that he finished, mm-hmm. other than Hungary, where Bottas slash Norris crashed into him uh-huh. on the very first turn. Um, but his busts a lot of times weren't really his fault like he had a tire failure in Baku which was completely not his fault at all Mm -hmm. this one like he crashed out of the race Lewis crashed him out of the race in Silverstone which Mm -hmm. the steward said was not was that Lewis was more to blame and that caused a red flag which gave Hamilton a free pit stop Mm -hmm. but uh, despite the penalty to like because he had damage and stuff and then because of that crash he had to take an engine penalty in the Mm -hmm. Russian Grand Prix he still took second which is pretty remarkable impressive I think uh, when you look at that, Max definitely did not get as many breaks as Lewis did. I think Max got some breaks on the, in the stewards' room, like in Brazil, for example, where he just literally drove off the road, and they were like, no, that's a racing incident. Mm-hmm. Pretty much made no sense. Uh, but Lewis made some pretty big mistakes, I thought, that Max did not make. Second race of the season in Imola, he crashed, broke his front wing, got lapped, but was able to unlap himself because... On the other side of the track, uh-huh. Bottas, his teammate, got yep. a crash with red flag the race. Obviously, the magic button in Azerbaijan, the Baku GP, which was what it gave him like a 25-point yeah. swing. And that was a pretty big missed opportunity. Monaco, like literally, he just had a terrible race. Qualified seventh. 
mm-hmm. finished seventh, I believe, as well. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just Monaco, basically. If you don't qualify first, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. unless unless you have like Charles Leclerc just retiring, right? But <laughs> yes, we'll get um, to that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, the same thing. Mercedes just made more strategic mistake mistakes at the um, towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I guess maybe I shouldn't fault that Lewis for that though, but. I think that Max, in general, just didn't get as many breaks and drove with ice in his veins. The only mistake I, I can pin on him, I think, is uh, in qualifying at Saudi Arabia when he ran into the wall. Mm-hmm. That's, like, really the only time where I was like, maybe the pressure's getting to him. Other than that, I felt like he just raced pretty superbly. No, that's fair. And I think, yeah, Baku, too, is, like, the, the one, like, really example that sticks out in my mind of, like, Lewis just, like, really messing up and blowing a chance and i think like if i'm gonna fault him for anything this season it's probably that but i just think overall like yes he made mistakes but he was also forced to overcome more than max was like i think red bull was just like a like a well-oiled machine of a team this year like there are very few issues like max benefited from that whereas you know not that mercedes didn't do a great job they always do a great job but there were just like little things here or there which i think just like took him down slight notch again like i said in the but, very very beginning i think like they probably equally deserved it but i, I right. do understand no they definitely the do but don't you think though that mercedes had the better car on balance throughout the year they won the constructors that's a compelling point <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think that like well they might have had the faster car i just think that like there's so many other like factors that came in that just sort of like <laughs> seemed poor strategy in key moments. Like, maybe on the balance of things, their car was better, but I feel like they did things poorly for Lewis in, like, in key moments. Like, like Hungary, they, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think the French Grand Prix, too, is another example yeah. as well, um, where, you know, they didn't pit when Max was pitting, and then Max uh, was able to catch up to Lewis at the end because he was on older tires. Um, obviously, that was used the other way. It happened in Barcelona, too, where mm-hmm. it was the exact same thing happened. But I think that, you know... I think you're right. Mercedes on the balance of things had the better car, even though it was much closer this year than in past years. I just think that, like, in crucial moments, Mercedes really let, let Lewis, Lewis down. down. Yeah, and and Bottas really let Lewis down. So maybe, yeah, like, returning down. to my first point of of all that, like, yeah, Bottas finished higher than Checo did, but I think in the key moments, Lewis was kind of on his own in mm-hmm. some ways. I think also Lewis put himself in a difficult spot by having such a deficit because in the final stages of the races Mm -hmm. uh, in the final stages of the season he had to yield every time because if they got in a crash then uh, max would remain ahead essentially and like Mm -hmm. there's no way you can cut into his deficit even on like literally the the very last lap Mm -hmm. um when max made his pass lewis like didn't really defend that aggressively he could have been way Mm -hmm. more aggressive if he was the one in the lead Mm -hmm. and then just basically just have the mentality that i think max had where it's like i'm taking this corner we're gonna crash basically Mm -hmm. And if we crash, yeah. then I still keep the lead. So, you know, yeah. Lewis no, couldn't weird. have that mentality. Yeah, and just digging himself into such a hole, like you said, I think really worked against him. And it's weird to look back on it because it was so early in the season, but I think Baku was, like, the thing that decided. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to look at things, but, like, that was a clear opportunity where Lewis could have put up a huge lead on Max. Mm-hmm. It would have been really hard for him to come back. And he blew the opportunity. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what it comes down to then at the end. Yeah. So, at the end, though, are you putting an asterisk next to Max's championship title, title or no? No. Okay. I mean, it was, a, it was a bad decision. Like, But what it essentially comes down to is I was thinking, like, just comparing it to other sports, like, 
he wanted uh, the championship because of a bad refereeing decision. And I think that like yeah. usually poor refereeing decisions aren't things that we like take away titles from people for. They're like yeah. cheating and stuff like that. And like, you know, there's no evidence that like Max or Christian Horner like paid off Michael Massey to like do this. It's just like the refs, the race stewards equivalent to like the refs in another sport made a poor decision and it helped Max out. So yeah. like, did it end poorly? Was it a poor decision? Like I think unquestionably yes, but I'd like, Max drove fantastically all year. I don't think you can take yeah, that exactly. away from him in this moment. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't put an asterisk either. In like a in a twenty place. Yes, we're gonna focus on that last race, but in a twenty yeah. plus season, a twenty plus race season, taking it on balance is like yeah. Whoever won that race, it was like yeah, they hundred percent deserved that championship. Um, and yeah, Max can't just like not race because the referees made a mistake. Like all right, yeah. they gave me this opportunity. <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't care. I'm gonna take it. You know. Yeah. I think that uh, kind of like projecting Max's driving style is going to be n- more annoying to watch if he can if he do- starts dominating the sport mm-hmm. and like how aggressive he is. People are gonna be like, "How are we ever able to pass Max unless we have a vastly superior car?" Because of how aggressive he is in defending. Yeah. I think will be interesting to watch, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So last thing, quickly, some people have said that. Formula One dipped into WWE territory with that ending, and then F1 is no longer a sport. I mean, there's are like clickbait articles. Mm-hmm. What do you think on that? I don't know. I think that's kind of an intellectually dishonest argument. <laughs> I think <laughs> I truly like, I feel like, you know, the whole argument that Michael Massey made that like <clears throat> it's a motorsport race and they should race finish it out is like a bad argument. Yeah. Because like the, if the rules didn't allow it, but you know, it's not like every single event was predetermined here. There was like, a lot of things going on that you know when aside from that i just don't think like looking at the whole of the season that you could make any sort of argument that this was wwe territory versus more sport what do you think yeah i i agree i think a desire for the drivers to sort it out on track is a good thing they just went about it in the wrong way they could have red flagged it um which actually wouldn't have really made that much sense because they didn't need to like repair a barrier or anything but what they should have done probably is just had the cars unlap themselves a lap earlier than all the yeah. procedures could have been followed. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. And we'll be left, I think probably rightfully angry about that decision yeah. for a while, but it definitely, it won't be a footnote. It'll be prominent in how we remember, remember it, but just like Santa Prost. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. We'll sort of getting into more in that last lap controversy. Um, on one of our previous shows, I made maybe an analogy that Jared might take some issue with, in which I said that safety car procedure was analogous to an American football team being up 14 with a minute left and the refs deciding to make the score tied and then giving the losing team the ball in the two. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but Jared, what are some better analogies that we have for what happened at the end? Yeah, I think I was thinking of some hypothetical analogies first. And then found a couple like real world examples that it actually happened. One of my first thoughts was um, the refs skipping a down, going from like second to fourth down, or adding a fifth down. The fifth down has happened in like a crucial game. 1990 college football, Colorado, Missouri. Colorado got five downs, and um, they ended up winning, going to win a to win a share of the national championship <laughs> that year. Because they won yeah. that game on a fifth down, I think like fans like took down the goalpost or something after that game too. I think it was in Missouri, maybe, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably the best analogy. The other one I was thinking of was a blatant missed PI 
or mm-hmm. missed call, like some sort of missed call, which happened in the Rams Saints uh, championship game, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I think. Yeah, I think I think I like the first analogy a little bit better too, because it's just like a very minor like sort of rules reading or miss that sort of like had dramatic impacts down the line. Like I think when people look back on that like nineteen ninety college football season. Like, I remember I had heard of it as a kid growing up. And, yeah. I mean, I was very invested in, like, the history of college football still. But it's, like, it's like a seminal moment. Like, Colorado likely won the national title because they got a fifth down. This is a similar thing where Max very likely won the title, almost certainly won the title because of, like, a weird misreading of the rules. And I think that they're sort of comparable in that sense in which, like, yeah. it's not a huge modification to what happened, but it's a super substantial modification in a way that had huge ramifications down the line. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely in agreement there. And then the other one, the other one I thought of was uh the tuck rule uh mm-hmm. between the Patriots Raiders. But what do you think yeah. of that one? I think that's pretty comparable as well. Like again, in the sense that like, you know, what happened with Max and with Lewis at the end of this and whatever call Michael Mossy made. Um there was no guarantee that Max was going to win. We hinted to that before. Um you know, Lewis could have held him up, could have still won the title. But it made it substantially more likely that Max was going to win. And in the same sense, like with the tuck rule game, like, mm-hmm. you know, just because they made that call, it didn't mean the Patriots were going to win. They ended up winning because of it, but it wasn't guaranteed. So, again, it's like another like slight reading of the rules um, that really impacted one team um, and gave them a substantially better shot to win, even if it didn't guarantee it. So I like that analogy a lot as well. Yeah. The other one I, I uh, found that is not really super analogous because this is more just outright cheating, um, <laughs> but is the 1972 Olympic Olympic basketball gold medal game in the Munich Olympics. Pretty crazy Olympics, first off. Um, but uh, it, what happened in this game basically is uh, the U.S. was trailing most of the game. It was a U.S. Russia, USA and Russia. So and mm-hmm. during the Cold War too. So um, yeah. yeah. Some, and in Germany, so like very uh, interesting <laughs> some, implications. Yeah, historical like resonance of like what was going to happen there. Yeah, exactly. And so U.S. the U.S. Um, was down one, got fouled. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy goes up, hits the first free throw to tie it up, clutch. Mm-hmm. Then the, during the second free throw, the scoreboard operator is like hitting the buzzer <laughs> while he is taking his free throw, like in his ear, still hits it, doesn't matter. They're up one mm-hmm. with three seconds left. The refs give Russia the ball to inbound it, and they, like, inbound it, and it, like, I don't even know if they get a shot off or anything. And um, they're like, all right, the game's over, and, like, the USA USA is celebrating. Then the refs be like, no, no, there was uh, somebody got granted a timeout or something. I can't remember what happened. But basically they were like, okay, we're going to retry it for a second time. Mm -hmm. Russia inbounds. They get a shot off. The buzzer kind of goes off early or something, and then the refs come out and be like, oh, this is – there was like a clock malfunction. There's still three seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. U.S. is like, what the heck is going on? Third try, Russia heaves a full full court shot. Mm-hmm. Two American defenders uh, fall down, and then the Russian guy just gets a layup in to win the game. And uh, so basically, they just kept making up an excuse until Russia scored. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. it was just like <laughs> keep retry until you score. Uh, the U.S. has has never. They did not go to the uh, like medal ceremony and accept their medals. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, they still have to this day never accepted the silver medals from that game either. So uh, that one, that one was not like super analogous, just because it was like it was pretty much just yeah, cheating. Blame but cheating. but uh, it's still just like insane that that happened. Like isn't I, it? honestly, I feel like the U.S. reacted like proportionally to that. Like I would also protest the medal ceremony because oh, yeah. like 
there's like no excuses you can make i feel like especially like i mean a lot all of it but especially like when the your guys taking the free throw and they're just like hitting the buzzer over and it's over crazy. again like what what else could that possibly be other than like trying to get him to miss yeah so you can watch the uh is, there's like footage of the game and everything oh, so you can watch you can watch part of it it's pretty interesting but okay cool yeah i've never heard of that so i'll have to check that out and yeah. we hop off the show that's pretty yeah. cool though Alrighty, enough of the last lap enough of the abu dhabi let's talk about some some fights that were going on uh further back down the grid in, I know Lucas is excited to discuss this, and I am as well. Um, in Carlos Sainz' first year at Ferrari, Sainz finished P5 in the Drivers' Championship, ahead of teammate Charles Leclerc, effectively being crowned best of the rest. So, Lucas, my question is: Is Carlos Sainz better than Leclerc? So, I think I really, really wanted this narrative to be true, and I did a lot of digging to try and figure out ways in which it could be true. Because for whatever reason, like I have nothing, I guess, personally against Charles Leclerc, but. In my mind, I group him into my Mike McCarthy, Lincoln Riley group of people <laughs> that I think are what? overrated. I don't know. Those are the two people I've mentioned before I think are overrated. So we'll just throw him in there. But I think that that's probably unfair fair to Charles Leclerc based on how he did this year. Because I think, well, uh, Carlos Sainz finished higher in the Drivers' Championship. It was really only because Charles got two really bad breaks. First, most obvious, was Monaco. He got pole. Then it had to retire on the formation lap because of a gearbox issue. It was a brutal break. He almost certainly, because of the nature of Monaco, would have at least gotten a podium there. I think it's very likely he would have gotten a win as well um, based on how difficult it is to pass at Monaco. So, one, bad break. Second, at Budapest, where Lance Stroll ran into him and took him out of the race. If not for those two things, I think Charles obviously finishes in front of Carlos because they were so close. I think they were only a couple points separated them at the end of the year. Um, and But what it comes down to is that Carlos is, you know, he's Mr. Consistent. He, like... He knows how to put in really good laps every race. He does what he's asked to. And that really helped him, you know, finish ahead of Charles in the Drivers' Championship this year. That being said, even though I think Charles was probably better this year, like, if you look at the stats, like, across all the races, he finished about, I think it was three-tenths of a second quicker than Carlos did on average in a race in the year. I think there's a chance Carlos might might be looking better for the long term. And I think that's because... Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it was Carlos's first year in the car. Charles has been in the Ferrari for a few years. He, you know, learns how it works. He would just like there's just less period of adjustment for Carlos. And Carlos did beat him this year, but even if you look at like averages and stuff like that, Charles was barely better than Carlos. And so I think you know, as they both get mm-hmm. more used to the cars, they both both get more adjusted. I think there's a chance maybe Carlos becomes a better driver down the line. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I mean. Carlos definitely is my favorite driver. I root for him more than any other driver just because he's really had to grind and mm-hmm. like fight his way up the ladder until now he's probably this is probably the first time he's been on a team that has the potential to win a title like while he's there. Like mm-hmm. they probably have they probably could win the title next year depending on how it all goes, right? Yeah. Um but yeah, Leclerc's highs are just a little higher. While his lows are lower, which mm-hmm. might sound weird when Carlos had podium four times this year, but mm-hmm. I know that Leclerc uh, can win a race. Out of nowhere, he put Ferrari on pole in back-to-back races in a dry mm-hmm. qualifying. Like I know Lando did it too, but that was a wet qualifying towards the end. Yeah, like Mer- uh, I think Hamilton spun or something too. Like it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But Leclerc and Leclerc's not consistent by any uh, is not inconsistent by any means. Oh, yeah. Like he scored points in all but um, four races, and Carlos never Carlos all but two and never DNF'd like you were saying. And yeah, he had like Monaco bad luck, France where Ferrari just pretty much messed up their strategy. I think you mm-hmm. mentioned that already. And yeah, Hungary you mentioned already too, and then Russia. 
kind of got just caught out in it being rainy. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just know for a fact that Charles Leclerc can win races. And he, I think Carlos is more consistent because he has a lot of experience in F1. Mm-hmm. Like he's raced for seven seasons. He's only like 25. And he's yeah, raced for like crazy. seven seasons where Leclerc is, is only in his fourth season. So I think Leclerc's consistency will actually get better. He did look pretty erratic in some, like Monaco, for example. Like he didn't need to push as hard as he was going and, and get into that crash that might have ended up ruining his race, right? Yeah. Um, so he, there were instances where he was pretty erratic, but I think he will hone that in with a little bit more experience. Yeah. Well, going into next year then, you know, with all the modifications of the cars, Ferrari probably being a, a greater competitor for the title next year. Mm-hmm. Who do you think comes out on top next year? Looking at it, I think Leclerc probably. I think they. I think they'll have a car that. I, I hope and I think mm-hmm. they will have a car that can win races, and Leclerc I know is good in wheel to wheel combat. He's made some really good mm-hmm. overtakes. Uh, <laughs> overtakes. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure about um, Carlos as much, just because I, I don't think I really saw him overtake as much as Leclerc mm-hmm. does. But Signs also is still improving too. So who's to yeah. say that you know, like every year he gets better. To be honest, he's been yeah. in the top six every season since 2019. Mm-hmm. when he joined McLaren. I might have mentioned this already, so sorry if I did, but he's yeah. contributed to the best of the rest team every year. Like, he's been on the oh. team that was best of the rest since 2018 when he was with Renault. Then he went to McLaren. They were best of the rest. Mm-hmm. Now Ferrari, yeah. they were best of the rest. Like, he's he's a good contributor, but I think his yeah. ceiling seems a little lower, personally. Yeah. I don't know. That's impressive. But I do think, like, that growth is something that we need to look at. Like, every step... We, we compared the way back in, like, beginning of the season, like, that him and Danny Rick's, like trajectories have been opposite like yeah. carlos has taken a step up every time he's gone somewhere he's improved yep. the team he's been on has improved and like from here like it's kind of not necessarily the ceiling but like he's kind of reached like a you know like a destination team that he's on with like, yeah. a car that should be competitive so i wonder like if that improvement sort of subsides <laughs> once he gets here and with, mm. with charles getting more and more experience if he'll be able to pass him I don't know. I really believe in Carlos. I like him a lot as well. Uh, I think just the way he grinds and works and gets to the top, I don't think he'll stop improving here. That's why I think going forward, he might be the better bet for who comes out on top amongst Ferrari drivers. But I think it'll be really, really close. Like Charles Leclerc is obviously an excellent driver as well. He's very talented. Wait, so, so going back, are you saying that part of the reason why it looks like Carlos is improving is because he's just getting a better car? Were you sort of saying that? And now that he's not at, now he's at a destination team, so maybe maybe he's not going to be improving as much. I don't think necessarily because I think like the McLaren and the Renault are kind of like equivalent cars, but he's gotten better while on them. I think that like it just will be harder for him maybe to measure. Like he's sort of like like maybe he was driven to get on a Ferrari, mm. and now like he's reached that destination team, so it's like harder to like have markers well, for improvement internally. So win win a know. race. Run a race, There's yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. So I think like there are obviously markers for improvement there. So I think he'll keep pushing and going. And I like I'm not super yeah. concerned about it, but I am just curious. Like now that he's on one of those like destination teams, even if they're not like where they once were, like how he'll be in comparison yeah. um, to his like previous improvements. Okay. All right. Well, a quick question here. I know um, F1 fans love to deal in hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought of this one. If Lewis and Mac, let's say Lewis and Max were the Ferrari two Ferrari drivers this year, mm-hmm. and Carlos and Charles were at Mercedes and Red Bull, whichever one, whichever team you want to put them on, do you think that either Max or Lewis would still win the title this year? No, I don't think so. I think the Ferrari car was pretty good this year, at best of the rest, way better than last year. I think it was still clearly a class below 
the Mercedes and Red Bull cars. And no matter how good a drivers Lewis and Max are, which I think they are the two best drivers, I think there's no mm-hmm. way they could have taken that Ferrari to a title. They would have been, I think, done better. Yeah. But I don't think that significantly better. What about you? Yeah. I mean, we know that Max and Lewis were in a league of their own this year. Like, in just so many races, they were, mm-hmm. like, within a, like, Saudi Arabia, even. They were within a second of each other where the next closest person was, like, 15 seconds away. Like, yeah. clearly, they're in a, a league of their own. But we've seen, we've already kind of seen what happens when they're in a car deficit that is just too great. Max was beat by Bottas, right, in years where Mercedes just was, like, mm-hmm. just that much better. And before yeah. Lewis left McLaren, he was winning races, but he wasn't really in the title fight because the car wasn't good enough, right? Yeah. So, and it would be taking too much credit away from Carlos and Charles to say that they wouldn't win in those cars because mm-hmm. I think they're both... Charles, for sure, is a world champion material, I think, and they would win a title in those cars. But Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. But moving on, Formula One is nothing if not a vehicle for Netflix to make money off Drive to Survive, as some people seem to believe. (laughs) While we disagree on this show and think that Formula One is a great sport independent, Drive to Survive is a huge part of it. It's how we both got into the sport. Yes. Um, And expectations for the fourth season are sky high. So Jared thinks season three was a little bit disappointing. I think I agree. I don't think it was as good as the other two, maybe because it was, you know, less new and everything and I followed. But I still think season three, not quite as good as the first two seasons. But... You know, we're going to put ourselves in a hypothetical where Netflix has charged us with making the next season of Drive to Survive. And we're going to help the producers construct some characters, some narratives, or at least make some predictions, I guess, about how we think Netflix will construct um, the narratives for next season. So we're going to start off just going through the characters. Jared, who do you think Netflix puts as the protagonists for next season? I mean, so there will be... um... Lewis and Max, obviously, I think will be will get the most time. The problem is, is that Max does not participate in Drive to yeah. Survive, and Lewis didn't really get that much camera time last time either. So I think it's mostly going to be Toto and Christian actually who are going to be the protagonists. Yeah. I think Red Bull more so because they seem to be a little more gracious with their access and time. Mm-hmm. Like Red Bull just seemed to like be like, yeah, just come film us and like do stuff, like come to my house or whatever. Like Christian Horner. Yeah. So honestly, I think he's going to be the protagonist mostly is Christian Horner. I don't think that Toto necessarily is going to be an antagonist, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he's going to come out as favorably as Horner does personally. What do you think on the protagonist antagonist side? I I think, yeah, Horner, they just like, like Horner. They show him all the time. They have across all the seasons whenever Red Bull's talking. I think he's very well positioned himself to be the protagonist of the season. Um, and in like in the similar sense, I think Total Wolf will be an antagonist again. Like I don't know how it's gonna play out. Like maybe be seeing like how Horner has been perceived and like like Total will be like you know what, I'm opening myself up this year and he'll take on the role. But I think yeah, like the main conflict we'll get of the Max Lewis fight will be through Christian Horner and Total oh, yeah. Wolf, just because they're the ones who are given the most access. Other people who I think I don't know maybe antagonist is the right word, not the right word because. Not like you know the main opponent or whatever, but I think, I think Bottas will be cast in not the most favorable of lights, and maybe seen as somebody who's like opposed dragging down the team, team. Uh, just because he has some poor performances this year. I don't know if his, I feel like his like the way they portrayed him last season wasn't necessarily the most favorable Mm. either Mm -hmm. in some ways, and I think that might continue, especially because it was so obvious, you know this year um <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm hating on him more than i should be but i i think it was a frustrating year from him looking at things generally mm. um 
other people I think might be protagonists. Like again, for like an episode or two. Yeah. I think we'll get we'll get a George Russell episode. Yeah. Um definitely. Well, I'm gonna talk about it later, but specifically when he got his podium. And I think we're definitely gonna get a Danny Rick episode when he won at Monza just because okay. I think the camera they, they love him. Like, you know, the first episode of the show ever will focus on him. I think he's like a good ambassador for the sport. So I think we'll get like a Danny Rick McLaren episode as well. I'm really curious how they're going to portray Daniel Ricciardo because largely he had a really bad season. Yeah, I mean, like I he was like the biggest disappointment I would say mm-hmm. of the of the year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see another protagonist, Lando, 100, percent just because oh, he had a great sure. season, a really mm-hmm. good start too, and he's yeah. funny. Like people love him. Mm-hmm. I think another role I have, not quite a protagonist, but like portrayed in a favorable favorable light, the underdog. I think Pierre Gasly again for sure. Yes. Like he's been the I underdog since uh-huh. since he got dropped by Red Bull basically, and he's been tearing it up. He had a really good year, which kind of went a little under the radar because of how Carlos finished. I feel like, but Pierre mm-hmm. got, and Lando, but Pierre had a really good year, and I also think Checo will be portrayed as an yeah. underdog because he's basically the the only second driver, uh, the Red Bull driver in the second seat that like, okay, he did well. He like he finished in the top four, uh, yeah. so. I think those two will be portrayed as underdogs and, and maybe even somebody like Esteban Alcon potentially. I had him down as well. Cause okay. I think like you kind of can get the long narrative there of him being cut by force India because that was the first season of the show, I think. And then just following his long, slow, steady climb back, like mm. during Renault in 2020 and then winning a race this year. So I think like he fits in nicely to an underdog narrative as well. Yeah. This year. Which so. apparently by the way, or actually maybe I shouldn't say this, but I've heard rumors that Gasly and Alcon don't like each other. Oh, so interesting. Maybe maybe that will be uh, maybe there'll be some like foreshadowed on that an underdog episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I like that. I think it'd be nice framing. All right. On the sort of flip side of that, who do we think was in over their heads this season, or who will be portrayed as being in over their heads? I think Daniel Ricardo will. To be honest, mm-hmm. like I know he got the win, but I think they're gonna be like, "What's going on, with okay. Daniel?" That's fair. Uh-huh. But more so, Yuki Sonoda. I think they're gonna be like they're gonna because Yuki has like a lot of hype coming into him, and he's super mm-hmm. funny. Like super yeah. likable, but he yeah. he had like a pretty rough season. It was very erratic in the car a lot mm-hmm. of times. I think they're gonna focus on that a little bit, uh, depending on how much he participates. I think a lot of it seems to be on like just what footage do they have and uh, mm-hmm. how much do they participate. But I feel like Yuki and seems to participate in that sort of stuff, and he's gonna be portrayed a little bit like in over there, in over his head, especially because in the very first race he looked so good in Bahrain. Yeah. I was like, oh okay, dang Yuki. But then after that, last one. Yeah. Mazepin for sure is going to be probably the entire Haas team, but I think specifically Mm -hmm. Mazepin. I wonder how much they're going to talk about like his his preseason controversy and all that stuff, or if they kind of shy away from uh, shy away from it. But yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. Well, and Yuki too, he finished the season nicely. He was before I think at Abu Dhabi, which is good. But yeah, everything in between first and last was a struggle it was, it was not great <laughs> yeah i also think i'm gonna throw in uh the strolls and aston martin and generally is being portrayed yeah. in over their head this year because i feel like lawrence stroll especially has gotten a ton of camera time since he bought that team and at the, end of the last season of drive to survive we got all the you know the rebrand and the makeover of being aston martin and the racing green car and they were just bad yeah they were year. bad like they really just underperformed what they've done in past years seb i think on the one podium but other than that like both him and Lance Stroll were pretty bad this year and I think we might get some like chaos narrative or, or like at least the underperforming of expectations after this huge rebrand for the Strolls this year especially yeah. Lawrence Stroll like I think 
we get a lot of good content from him like trying to see you know how he's interpreting the season going poorly mm-hmm. especially too because uh remember i just am remembering this actually at the very beginning of the year aston martin was like we might protest the regulations because we got um we got like unfairly hampered by the regulations yeah uh-huh. that they might that. go and then vettel and Hungary got a podium taken away from him. Yes, he did. So, like, they might be like, the FIA is against us. Because <laughs> they kind of did that last year that. with the racing uh-huh. point stuff, the, the tracing point stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a good point. I think we'll definitely get that narrative of, like, the FIA is against us. They hate us because of last year and all that sort of stuff. What about, I'm going to add this right now. What about um, omissions? Like, either a driver or a team that, like, pretty much is just not going to be mentioned? Um,. I think it's, like, just always, like, those same, like, middle-type teams that we just don't get, like, a lot from or don't expect to get. Like, I don't think, like, Alpine is going to get a huge amount. No, really? I think I they will. Think... They they got some good screen oh, that, time with Cyril. That's, that's true. That's true. And Ocon, I think we'll mention yeah, him. But, okay. Maybe not as much him. But, like, the Alfa Romeo, I don't think we'll get a lot from, like, we typically no, We won't get do. anything we might get, from them. I don't we think. might get some at the end, I think, because of, like, them getting Bottas and yeah. all that stuff. Like, I think there'll be some there. Um... I don't know if we'll get a ton of Williams this year, uh, except through the lens of George Russell. I think we'll get George Russell content, but I don't know how much like Williams general specific content we'll get. What about you? What do you think? I think we'll get some. I think we'll get like maybe a a Williams episode, like a George Russell episode. Okay. Pretty much George Russell, mm-hmm. and then maybe like uh, we might get that controversy where Alex Albon might get his seat blocked by Total Wolf because they they probably have some footage of Alex Albon. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think they'll be pretty prominent in there. But yeah, I definitely don't think that um, Alfa Romeo will have any screen time. I don't mm-hmm. think that, um, well, Max obviously won't because he didn't participate. He won't have like Netflix footage. They'll they'll have some other footage yeah. of him. But mm-hmm. um, who else was I thinking? I don't know if Lance Stroll is going to get much attention, yeah. to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I feel like everybody will will get some decent screen. Latifi won't. I probably will, oh, probably yeah. will not get Latifi any. Latifi is always <laughs> left out. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much Mick. I feel like they'll Mick give Mick a bunch. Might get in just because he's Michael. Schumacher's they'll give him a Haas son. episode. Hundred yeah. percent. A full Haas episode. Yeah, but I feel like if Mick weren't Mick, like if he were just another driver with that, like who did the same thing, they wouldn't include him. Yeah. But they have to. So. Also, I think Alonzo is pretty interesting. They'll give him some t- yes. something. I don't know, like what role he's going to be cast in necessarily, mm-hmm. but maybe like the mature, like the mature. He's no longer causing drama. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to cast him as because he had a good season. Yeah. In terms of actual narratives here, mm-hmm. I kind of split it up into like maybe like three acts. The like, first mm-hmm. couple episodes, middle fifty percent. Last couple episodes. Yeah. My last episodes are way more fleshed out than how I think it'll go at the start. <laughs> What do you think are going to be, like, the first couple episodes? What are they going to establish? Like, what are some prominent narratives? And how do you think the act will end? Okay, I think this one, pretty straightforward for act one. Maybe you'll disagree. I think there will be three main narratives. First, Max and Lewis title fight being established, them trading early wins. You have to set up that narrative. Second, I think Lando out of the gates being really strong is going to be an early narrative, too. Mm -hmm. You got two two podiums in the first five races, I think. And last, I think we'll get the Ferrari, like, resurgence recovery um, from last year at the very least because that I think was also fairly evident in the first few races of the year so I think the act will end then with Monaco because it ties up all those narratives nicely one okay. you have I like that you have um, Max taking the championship lead by winning at Monaco okay narrative there 
two, Lando gets another podium. Easy. Ties up that narrative of his early season. Uh, sort of like, you know, him coming into his own as a driver, like being the young driver who's like kind of establishing himself. And third, you'll get the Ferrari's resurgence narrative because even though, you know, what happened with Leclerc happened, Carlos got second at Monaco. So you get to like that, you know, the solidity of that Ferrari narrative there. So I think Monaco sort of ends the first act and ties up all those narratives together nicely. What do you think? I actually really like that. I, I didn't think of Monaco being the end of the act, but that makes a lot of sense because I also think Red Bull took the constructors lead potentially after that race too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, yeah, Max definitely took the lead, and um, yeah, I think Lando has to be in there. How well he started, and people loved him this year um, mm-hmm. on how he started. So I don't have any problems with that. <laughs> well, then take us into Act Two, the yeah. middle fifty percent. What do you think? Act Two, I have a little bit more fleshed out. I think like generally. Um, like they don't really follow it chronologically. They didn't last year or any of the previous seasons, but the title fight should be fro- followed chronologically. And I think they will. And then this is where you can put some of those other storylines that have been brewing throughout mm-hmm. the season in this middle 50%. So the big one is going to be the Bottas Russell beef. Yeah. We're going to like do like a little, we're, it's going to be like Imola and like show the track layout and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to show Russell just completely taking, I don't know, my opinion, completely yeah. taking Bottas out. And how they like kind of got in a war of words a little bit, mm-hmm. Bottas struggling a little bit, and then Russell yeah. getting his his podium in Spa, mm-hmm. and then getting the call from to apparently Netflix was trying to get like footage of Russell signing the contract. Oh, apparently really? they have that, so that'll kind of be that'll be one episode I think there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe Williams won't get discussed much. It'll just be like George Russell basically. Yeah. Um, I think that'll happen in like Russell being happy to get a podium for Williams and everything and like how much hard work they put into it. Mm-hmm. There will be a Daniel Ricardo Ricardo struggle and win episode. Mm-hmm. I'm I do not know how they're gonna paint it. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna paint McLaren as having a pretty good season generally. Yeah. But they're gonna be like Daniel Ricardo, like Will Buxton's gonna be like, Daniel Ricardo is a eight time race or whatever. He's like a race mm-hmm. winner. And then Lando comes in like you know how Will Buxton <laughs> talks like that yes. uh-huh. he's gonna they're gonna be he's something perfect. like that and then Lando actually ends up taking control of this team from Woking or whatever they're gonna say something mm-hmm. like that yeah I think at this point maybe in the same episode they'll also do Lando's heartbreak in Russia where he yeah. mer- they basically ma- messed up on the race strategy mm-hmm. and um should have got him a win there um maybe they'll try to invent some like fake Carlos <laughs> and Charles beef or something. I hope they don't, but I think we'll get a little bit more Ferrari. We'll probably get like an Aston Martin or Alpine episode. Mm-hmm. We'll get a Haas episode for sure in yeah. the middle. Well, I think mm-hmm. the mo- thing I'm most confident in is we'll get a Haas episode actually, like a full episode. Yeah. Cause Gunther oh, is they just like love great Gunther. TV. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And, and with Mazepin and Mick kind of getting mm-hmm. in like battles this year too. Yeah. And like interfering on, on like critical points of the races at points. Like we'll mm-hmm. definitely get a full Haas episode. For sure. And then maybe we'll get like a Checo episode in there. I'm not sure yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the end of the act will be the Mexican Grand Prix where the dominant narrative basically is Max has sealed the championship at this point. The Red Bull is just too good and Max is good. He has a really good lead. And that's going to be the end of act two. What do you think? I think it, no, I really agree with that. I mean, you hit all like sort of the main points I did. Like, I think we'll also get more sort of the title fight narrative of like it really like turning into full gear there. Oh yeah. You have the crash at I didn't even mention that. <laughs> Yeah, you have the crash at Silverstone and at Monza, so I think you got both of those sort of in like the middle act. But then, yeah, I think I like the conclusion of 
Mexican Grand Prix ends, it seems like Max is an insurmountable lead despite all like the fighting and stuff like that. It turns in mm. nicely to Lewis's big comeback towards the end. Yeah. So yeah, but I had the same things in there. Aston Martin struggles, George Russell, uh, Danny Rick Lando episode. I think those will all sort of be there in the middle. Yeah. I mean, they they honestly they should have put the Bottas Russell beef in last year when when mm-hmm. he hopefully they have some footage last year of Russell going into the Mercedes car and like doing really well. They I'm assuming yeah. they didn't otherwise they would have aired it last season, but mm-hmm. um, they'll at least touch on that because that was that was pretty that was like one of the biggest storylines I thought of last year. But yeah, I thought so as well. All right, well then take us to Act Three. You said you had a flush. Down yes. So I think, think I don't know like what I consider like episode length, but I I think the last two episodes should pretty much be exclusively on the title fight, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. So this is this is how I would do it. The second to last episode will focus on Brazil and Saudi Arabia. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Qatar I think is in between those races, but mm-hmm. this is where the talk about like are the stewards going to need to get involved in this championship more mm-hmm. and like what is fair driving and what isn't maybe Netflix even has good footage of like Michael Massey or the stewards or something. That would be awesome if they did. I mm-hmm. doubt they do, I love that. but yeah. that would be pretty awesome. But yeah, we, this is where you like build up Hamilton's comeback in the narrative. Like mm-hmm. the Brazil race is, is will yeah. be incredible. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. that was like, it was incredible. Yeah. And uh, like taking 20, 25 places worth of grid penalties, I believe uh, that mm-hmm. day, maybe yeah. even 30, I think 25. I was but the, doing all of that, doing all of those comebacks was, uh, will be awesome. And then we have Max driving Lewis off the road. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have like uh, commentators in total being like, we don't, we don't know what, what racing, what fair racing is anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a large chunk devoted to Saudi Arabia where they literally everything that happened this season happened like in that, that was like a mm-hmm. microcosm of the season. They yeah. crashed. They went wheel to wheel five times, I think. Mm-hmm. They they crashed. There was stewards getting involved, and that was that was like the at the end. Hamilton was like Max's driving is like is over the limit. That was the mm-hmm. that was the first time that he just like outright. I think the first yeah. time that he outright said like this driving's over the limit. And then there's gonna be the end of that episode. The second to last episode will be somebody saying like, um, this championship might end in a collision. And then mm. that'll be like, all right, next episode. Cut. Next, yes. Uh, watch in 10 seconds. And the final mm. episode will basically just exclusively be Abu Dhabi and then the ensuing mm-hmm. controversy. I, I yeah. bet they have pretty fantastic footage on the protests and all that stuff. Oh, I'm sure they Like did. last year, I remember when Red Bull protested Mercedes' like DOS system thing. Mm-hmm. They, had, like, they had some good footage of them talking to each other on that. So I think hopefully they'll have some good footage there too. And maybe more footage of Toto like going off on Michael Massey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would do it. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think it'll generally follow that. I think we might at the beginning of like the second to last episode, get some like driver change type stuff. Like, I know you'd hint to that, that we already get, you know, Bottas and Russell, but I think we'll get a little bit of Alex Albin, maybe or yeah. Williams in the context of all that. Uh, I think we might get a little, like, I don't think we'll get much Alfa Romeo, but in the context of Bottas going to Alfa Romeo, I think we'll get that. Also, Guan Yu Zhao now being their second driver and yeah. like that bringing in China. I think it'll at least be mentioned. Kimi retiring from F1, I think will also sort of be roped in there as like the culmination of a career. So I think we'll get a little driver change. But yeah, I think it has to end like almost exactly like you said. It was just building up to that title fight. And I would bet my life that Christian Horner gets the last quote of the whole season. Like, you think? Be, okay. Yes, I would bet my life that, that that's going to happen. Like, <laughs> it's going to be 
some sort of like smug we told you so we finally won type thing oh man um so i think that's how it's gonna end i'll have some christian horner quote about like maybe flashing back to like them talking about wanting to make max like world drivers champ in from like the first season or something like that mm. and finishing it all yeah so. i think overall they should they should do more episodes they have like a lot oh, i think should. they have a lot of content they should maybe do like 12 episodes instead of 10 mm-hmm. um, i totally agree but i'm really honestly i think brazil and saudi arabia are will be the best episode the the ra- the episodes that feature those two races, mm-hmm. just because there is just there was just so much controversy. So I think, yeah. well, I mean, maybe Abu Dhabi actually might even be, be the final episode might be better. But I'm excited to see like how they portray Brazil and Saudi Arabia. Personally, that's what I'm most yes. excited for. Me as well, because I think I like I like Lewis. I think seeing like the Lewis come back in action in conjunction with like just all the drama that happened in all those would be incredible. Will Buxton quote. He's going to say something like, let's not forget, this is a seven-time world champion we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> and, then gonna, and then there's going to be a cut. Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. wins the Cutter Grand Prix or whatever. You know, it's going to, yeah. and then it'll be good. It'll be great. Yeah. I'm pumped. Me too. All right. Let's um, kind of in the same vein. I did want to do a little bit of a season review where I could talk about some stuff that mm-hmm. just I wanted to talk about, basically. Um, yeah. What... I'll ask you this one, this first one. What was your favorite race of the season, or do you th- think you the best race of the season? Do you think? Uh, I'm a, I like McLaren, so I'm biased, but I'm going to say Monza. Okay. I did everything. I did a Lewis and Max crash. I did an unlikely P1, P2 with Danny Rick and Lando going one two. I'm also going to put in a vote for either the Spanish or French Grand Prix because I love. I'm a sucker for a huge comeback due to tire strategies. Okay. And <laughs> Lewis and Max each had one this year. Lewis at Spain, Max in France. So I really enjoyed those as well. Okay. So I'm going to go Monza, France, or Spain. What about you? I'll give my honorable mentions first, and then I'll give my actual pick. Honorable mention, okay. Silverstone. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe my favorite in how it swung the mood around the championship and all the fanfare around it as, like, a packed crowd. British, like, it just felt mm-hmm. very British. Um, a lot yes. of celebrities there. And mm-hmm. Red Bull, before that, were running circles around Mercedes. And then we have we had the first time. It felt pretty colossal. Like, the first time Max and Lewis... Um, got in a crash and it was red flag. So there was a lot of time to talk about that controversy. Yeah, yeah. And then Lewis taking the 10 second penalty is still winning. The race is like vintage mm-hmm. Hamilton. The crowd yeah. involvement was fun. Mm-hmm. That was a good race, but because Max didn't race in it for most of it, that kind of sucks. Um, I think my second favorite was Sochi, the Russian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. I was like, in terms of being edgy or seat, that was probably the race I most was because we had like five or six laps at the end where I was cheering Lando on to get his first win. And then mm. the rain comes in. I'm like, holy crap. I have no idea mm. what I would do if I'm in the pit strategy. Yeah. And then it just becomes impossible to drive on dry mm-hmm. t- slick tires. And yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. But uh, then Mac, uh, Max coming all the way from like however far down he was to second. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But my absolute f- favorite one, I know this is probably controversial, but Saudi Arabia, yeah. I think, was the best race. I, mean, I think that's a good choice. I know people, I, we did like a little Twitter poll and people said it was a mm. farce. Like most people, like 90% were like, this race was a mess. I thought it was the best race of the season. I thought it was really great as well. I mean, Max, Lewis and Max went to wheel like f- at least five times that I can think of. Mm-hmm. They had the first restart. Uh, they told Max to give the pos- position back. So then we have the maybe the best overtake move of the season where mm-hmm. Max goes from third to first on the second standing start, or I guess maybe technically the third, and passes Ocon and Hamilton in, in pretty much one move. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just it, that race just set up the idea that like, what is fair driving at this point? Is this championship going to end in a collision? I just thought it was it was pretty awesome. And, like, they collide, like, and still both finish the race. 
while like he's trying to give the place back none, nonetheless like yeah. it's just th- that race was just like you cannot script this any better that was it was mm-hmm. pretty awesome yeah you mentioned it before it just sort of wrapped up everything that happened this season into like one neat package for a race which yeah. is really cool it was crazy it was absolutely crazy um yeah. what about this max verstappen's most impressive drive what do you think I mentioned before, I'll go I'll go maybe France. Uh, okay. Like again, yeah, I'm a good. huge sucker for a big comeback. And that was just a great comeback for him. What do you think? I think most people will say the Dutch Grand Prix because yes. his home race was a, a lot choice. of pressure. It was like mm-hmm. two Mercedes yeah. against one Red Bull. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to say Austin because it was oh, a Mercedes okay. stronghold. stronghold mm-hmm. And Lewis was on Max's tail. Like almost, It felt like almost the entire race. And to deal with mm-hmm. that pressure for that long, I thought it was very impressive with all those circumstances. Yeah, I agree. All right, Lewis's most impressive drive then? I think I think there's only one right answer, answer. Brazil, yeah. easily. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, 25 grid places worth of penalties. The FIA mm-hmm. basically threw everything they could at him. I, uh-huh. not, maybe not that they were, like, not that they were, like, colluding, but anything yeah. that could have went against him did, but he still won. Handedly. No, I totally agree. I think absolutely Lewis's most impressive drive. You can't really say anything otherwise. Yeah. Um, what about biggest surprise for you? Um, I think Ocon and Danny Rick each winning a race. I think big surprise. I think Carlos being so good early in Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And I think Fernando Alonso yeah. even being pretty old. Uh, he defended like crazy for Ocon when he got that win. He got a podium himself. So I think Fernando Alonso was a pleasant surprise this year. What about you? I said Alonso. Yeah. I, before yeah. the season, I, I said that neither Alonso nor Vettel would, would have a podium. And they mm-hmm. both ended up getting one. It took Alonso <laughs> until the, almost the end of the year. But mm-hmm. I was very impressed with how well he drove. Didn't cause any drama. Um, is there is there a title left in him potentially still? I don't know. I've, we'll I wonder. We'll see. People think Alpine's going to be big this yeah. next year, but we'll see. We'll see if they can make uh, some strides. Yeah. All right. Flip side of that, biggest disappointment. Um, I said Yuki, uh, just because like he was really looking so good in Bahrain, but his racing in general and like qualifying was just so erratic, and he crashed pretty often. Uh, I think he's a super fun character though, um, mm-hmm. so I'm rooting for him next season. So maybe he'll take the Red Bull seat after Checo leaves if he makes some good improvements. Oh. I think they want. I'm assuming they want him to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. what about you? I I alluded to it earlier. I think Aston Martin. I think that okay, they yeah. they just like they seem to be on like an upward trajectory, um, and they just sort of like crashed back <coughs> to earth this year. They did. So, disappointing. They did. Uh, hopefully they get back on it. I think I like both Lance Stroll and I like Seb. So yeah, I hope they do well next year. But yeah. who knows? And let's end this off. With quickly looking at the 2022 season, we can list off a couple hot takes and some wish list items we want to see. Why don't you just start, Lucas? Uh, I think Lewis is going to go full Michael Jordan spurned and win his eighth title, and he's going to retire. Okay, that's a good take. I think I think that's what's going to happen next year. I think that's the narrative. All right, you spit another take back at me. What do you think? George Russell wins the drivers' championship. What? Yes, I feel Explain like it to me. I feel like Mercedes will ace the regulations and still be at the top, near the top. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it's it's closer. And sure, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the title fight experience, and he's never won a race or anything, but Max didn't have title fight experience either, and mm-hmm. he, had, he just had ice in his veins. And I think Russell's going to be the same sort of driver based off that. Like, they say Rain is the great equalizer, and he gets P2 in Belgium. And then um, his one experience on Mercedes last year, he should have won, but he just, Mercedes screwed him over, basically, on his pit strategy. Yeah. All right, I'm going to shoot back that one of mine was I think George Russell is not that much better than Bottas. And he shows <laughs> oh, wow. that he's maybe a little overhyped. I think he's a British driver. The media loves British drivers because it's a okay. British sport. I think they overhyped him. We forget how much better the Mercedes car was last year than just every other car in the field. And I think okay. if you put anybody in there last year, they would have been done well. Um, 
So I don't know how much stock I put in in Russell's one performance in it. I guess not last year, 2020. About how much better yeah. Mercedes car was when Russell was there in 2020. Yeah. Um. So I think I don't know. I think he might be show himself to be a little overhyped next year and not really live up to the expectations. Okay. Um. Yeah, we'll see. My other hot take: Ferrari wins the constructors' championship. Wow. Christian Horner admitted there is a possibility that Red Bull and Mercedes focus too much on this year to where Ferrari had an appropriate amount of focus on next year and they ace the regulations and they have the best car. I think that's possible. I put down, I think Max and Red Bull will regress a little bit next year just because they did focus so much on this year. Yeah. I think they just like poured so much into this year, like even more so than Mercedes that I could see a little bit of a regression in the car, especially for Max next year. Yeah. But, you know, great driver. I'm sure he'll compete, obviously, but yeah, who knows? My other, I have a couple others. I think Williams, this is towards the back of the grid, obviously. Williams will mm-hmm. solidly join the midfield. I, and I think Alex Albon will beat Latifi head to head. And the Williams car will make some strides to where they're not like they're not in the like the ninth they're not in the eighth ninth tenth range they're in the mm-hmm. three for three through six range. Okay, solid. Or I guess maybe. Who do you think falls six. then to a particular spot? Um, that's a good question. I, well, I guess so. It would be probably be Haas, Alfa Romeo, and either Alpine or Aston Martin. I think. Yeah. Or, or yeah, no, Al, it'd be Alfa Tori. Yeah. It'd mm-hmm. be Alfa Tori probably. No, that's fair. I think Haas sputters again next year. This yeah. is probably in a hot take and just gets like zero points again and sort of moves towards maybe dissolving as an F1 team. Oh, we'll wow. see though. I put, uh, I put actually that Mick, Mick scores his first points is what I put. Oh, not really. I, mean, I would take, love to see that. That'd be fun. The, I That's mean, Haas, Haas have said that they, they did no development on this year's car. They did all, all, they had all their focus on 2022. So that better pay off. <laughs> yes. I hope it pays off <laughs> yeah. for their sake. Um, I said Ocon and Alonso are each going to compose compete for podiums again with alpine but this time more consistently i've nice. heard a lot of talk that alpine's gonna be really good next year so okay we'll see if it actually pans out okay do you have any other more hot takes i don't have any more hot takes i just have wish list no uh no go through wish list i just have two basically first okay. one is that Bottas has a renaissance uh back down yes. for mail and like he actually does well and like proves it mm-hmm. wasn't just the car that like sure he didn't reach the heights he probably should have had there but he's he's a mm-hmm. solid driver my biggest wish list is a four-person race for the Drivers' Championship. Yes, absolutely. I think this encompasses a lot of things I want to happen. Basically, I want like McLaren are back, and Lando mm-hmm. is one of the four in the title fight. Is what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. Ferrari are back, and either mm-hmm. Leclerc, Leclerc or Sainz are in the fight. Maybe both. That would make it like a mm-hmm. six-person or something. And then Red Bull keep pace with Mercedes. I don't think they will, but I hope they do. So I think we'll see. I think we'll definitely see Lewis and George personally. Mm-hmm. Max might make it in interesting too and be three. And then mm-hmm. I hope we see like Lando, Leclerc, or Signs. Maybe we'll see all of them and it's a six person race. That'd be great. But I would love I think there's so only much. six people legitimately that have a shot at the title next year. Those six. Yeah. I agree. Also on my wish list, I just had one more. I wanted a big title fight as well. That was one of mine. But also I want to see Alex Albin do really well next year. Yeah. I, I think it's a good narrative for him to like come back and like show he's pretty good at Williams in a less high pressure situation. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, if you like what you heard today, make sure to subscribe. We do F1 talk with some regularity. Season's obviously over, but as we get into next year, the new drive to survive, we'll be talking about it again. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on SoundCloud on Spotify now. You can rate podcasts. So throw us five stars if you're listening there. Um, 
and make sure you're subscribed or you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram. We got some good polls as Jared alluded to on Instagram. Um, our podcast mate wide is doing some great graphics. So follow along for those um, and tune in for our main shows. Uh, we always enjoy doing them and we love when you listen. So thanks for listening. <laughs>